Amen. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. We can go to the word of the Lord, Ezekiel, the 43rd chapter. Ezekiel 43. Prophet Ezekiel uh, speaking here, telling us of all the things that God has shown him and trying to describe it and write it in words. Ezekiel 43, and afterward he brought me to the gate, even the gate that looked toward the east. And behold, the glory of God, of the God of Israel, came from the way of the east, and his voice was like a noise of many waters, and the earth shined with his glory. And it was according to the appearance of the vision which I saw, even according to the vision that I saw when I came when I came to destroy the city, the visions were like the vision that I saw by the river Chabar, and I fell on my face. The glory of the Lord came into the house by the way of the gate whose prospect is toward the east. So the Spirit took me up and brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house. Amen. Kind of like probably experiencing what we are feeling here today, the glory of God in this place today. Amen. I want to preach to you today about the glory of God. Turn to a few people and shake their hands and greet them as you're seated today. Amen. Arguably one of the most successful business models is the McDonald's franchise. Uh, McDonald's developed systems and processes for every step of the way that even an unexperienced entrepreneur, as long as you got the money, you can pay the franchise fee and you would basically own a cash cow a proven, guaranteed, money-making business. You just got to have the money up front. You plug people into their positions and the McDonald's processes and procedures would generate uh, a Big Mac with fries and people would line up to buy that. McDonald's really instituted and changed the way uh, the drive through industry and the way that restaurants operate. But started in 1974, another burger joint called Burger King, they started targeting McDonald's in their advertising campaigns. The slogan Burger King created was, have it your way. Have it your way. And they were showing themselves uh, that they can be flexible while McDonald's wasn't. This is the way it, this is, the way it is and this is the way you get it. Uh, and so they were capitalizing on that, how you can have it your way. Here at Burger King, you can customize your order and we'll make it uh, for you with onions or without onions. But over at McDonald's, they aren't concerned about your dislikes. You have to scrape all the onions off. And with that, you scrape off all the sauces as well. And so thus began the customizable menu where you can have a little bit of this and a little bit of that and none of that if you don't like it. 
And in the day and age that we live, if you don't customize, if you don't allow for options, then you'll probably be out of business because people like options and we like things the way that we want them. We demand our options and no longer are we uh, as consumers grouped into masses. But when I go to place my order, uh, you had better make it the way that I want it or else I'll go somewhere else. And so businesses today will remake your order if it wasn't made just right the first time. And, you know, got to love that and rightfully so. That's not what I ordered. Uh, And so... Uh, we like having options and being able to customize our orders to exactly uh, how we want them. But sadly today, that is also how people view religion and Christianity. To have your pick, whatever it is that you're like, I, I know that there's only one Bible out there, but you get your choice as to what type of flavor of Christianity that you want. This church offers, offers this selection of scriptures and this church likes those and that one over there never talks about those parts of the Bible. Uh, and so you can have your very own customized church experience the way that you want it. And would you believe that the Bible tells us even so as far as it was written ago that even this is going to happen. 2 Timothy 4 and 3, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. Why? Because uh, I like the story that the fable tells, and it it aligns with what I like, and uh, and it doesn't have all my uh, dislikes that this is where uh, I am going. And, And there might be options in this world, but there are not options when it comes to the Word of God. You don't get to pick and choose whatever you want to believe and not believe. Which doctrine you like and which doctrine you do not like, that I like this part or, or I don't like that part, or a little bit of this. No, it's all or nothing with the Word of God. It's either truth or it's error. It's either a sound doctrine or it's a fable or a man-made doctrine. And so Jesus is the only option, and either way, either you believe and obey what he says and what he taught the apostles to teach, or there isn't any other way. Because their Bible says that there is only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, that there is only one way, and Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and so there seems to be no other options, no customizable menus except what Jesus has. And picking and choosing is not available in God's kingdom. And like it or not, it's his kingdom and not ours. That's that's the starting point of it all, acknowledging that it's his kingdom and not my kingdom. And when you confess that, then you're saying, whatever is in your kingdom that I want. And it doesn't, uh, shouldn't uh, line up with my kingdom because my kingdom is, should be done away with if I want to be in God's kingdom. 
And so John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we praise God for that verse, and uh, we like that choice, and I'll obey those words, uh, just believe. But what did he say earlier as we referenced in John 3 and 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. There's no customizable entryway into the kingdom of God. Jesus laid it out the menu right there. You got to be born again. That's it. Like it or love it or leave it, you got to be born again. There's no other way into the kingdom of God. And so some people may say, well, I don't like that verse. That's a little too spicy for me. I'll skip over that or I'll take that off my Christian burger and uh, it'll be easier to eat. Uh, without those verses in there. And have you ever heard the phrase, beggars cannot be choosers? Uh, I, I've helped out at uh, soup kitchens before, and I know we have, many of us have before, and I've, I've seen people that have nothing, that are, that are homeless and that are, that are struggling in life and they are in need. And there's always uh, some people there who get an attitude with the people serving them food. I don't get it. I don't get it. You get, you're getting free food and they get mad and upset because it's not customizable to their liking or whatever it is. But uh, beggars cannot be choosers. And, uh, so when you recognize that you must accept an offer or a situation because it's the only option available to you. Where else are you going to go to get a free meal? If there's a better option, then, then why are you here? Why are you complaining about this, what we have to offer? Go somewhere else where you may find what you like. And, but we don't have the option to be able to customize our salvation with God. The only choice that we had available to us was death. That was our only choice because we're born into sin and, and the wages of sin is death. The only option that we have is death. But Jesus came into our life one day and says, no, I'm going to make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm going to step in and I'm going to take your place. I will die for you. I will take your sins upon my back and upon the cross to Calvary. And that's where Jesus took our place. And now we do have an option. But it costs something. The benefits... And the blessings, there always is a cost to them. They just don't come free because somebody has to pay for them. And Jesus uh, paid the price so that we can uh, have another option. And again, there's not, he didn't, he didn't make a way so there's 400,000 different options now. There's still only one other way, and that is to be born again. And so either you have death or my other option is to be born again to go to heaven. Those are the only options that are available to mankind. And so uh, we can't pick and choose and, and, and complain about the options because he can just say, I'll take your option away, and then you're just left with death. And so he gets to decide the way. He gets to decide the options. It's, it's his salvation. It's his blood that he shed for us, and it's his kingdom. And to me, it, it looks like he gives you maybe a burger with everything on it and says, take it or leave it. 
I don't like everything on it, but, hey, if that's the only burger I'm getting, then I'll eat it. And I'll eat it with a smile on my face. Uh, and so who are we to say, well, I don't like what Jesus is serving. I want something else. Well, the only other option is eternal death and damnation. And so any option is better than that, in my opinion. And so if you're not happy with what Jesus is offering, then you can go and start your own kingdom. As we all, we all have our own kingdoms, right? We did, had them at one point, and hopefully they're non-existent anymore. But the, the only problem is, is that you're going to have to die first and then resurrect yourself from the grave before anyone else is going to listen to you about your kingdom. The only reason uh, uh, why we listen to Jesus and the world uh, accepts Jesus is because he is God and he's the only one who rose from the dead. He, I mean, he's just proven himself right there that he is unlike every single other person, every human being on this earth. Uh, and so he is God manifested in the flesh. And so if he can do that to death, uh, and I know that I have a meeting with death one day, I better align myself with Jesus Christ if I want to experience a resurrection like he did. And he promises that to us. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Only to those who have been born again again and receive the spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead can experience that same type of resurrection. Amen. And whether through the grave or through the rapture, amen, uh, those that have uh, aligned themselves with the word of God will see uh, heaven and make heaven their home. And so uh, some words of Jesus um, people try to discard and and, uh, people don't really adhere to all the words of the uh, the apostles and whatever they said and uh, but we have to believe all of it we have to believe all of it because there is only one message and only one word and only one way and only one Bible and so we have to believe all of it if the apostles in the book of Acts preached a conflicting message than what Jesus preached, then a kingdom divided against itself will not stand. It ha- they have to be united. Even one word off begins to uh, throw things out of, out of context. And so, uh, but they were not conflicting. They were constant and they were uh, in line with one another because Jesus taught them and raised them and told them uh, about the kingdom and what they need to say. We have it evidenced here in John 17 as Jesus is praying. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Talking about the apostles. Verse 17, he's praying, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they might also be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for those alone, these alone, but for them also which believe on me through their word. And so when Peter stands up and on the day of Pentecost and he begins to speak and preach, uh, he says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
Those are not really Peter's words. Those are the words of God that God had inspired him to speak. And that is the option that he gave us. So either we can believe them or not, to repent or not, to be baptized in Jesus' name or not, and to receive the Holy Ghost or not. But we don't get to customize our salvation the way people today think they can. When God says be holy, we had better be holy. There's no other, we don't like the other option. When he says present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, we had better do that because the other option is, is not a good one. People will get upset at God's word or at the preacher for reading or teaching about it. Uh, and I'm just beyond grateful that we even have the word of God as an option to us. Where else are we going to go if not for Jesus? Who else are we going to turn to that can touch us and deliver us and heal us the way Jesus has? Who else is there that can save our soul like Jesus has? And so, again, we're presented with this holy Bible. And so uh, who are we to pick and choose from that? And so I think that most of us understand that we obviously have no option concerning the, the basics of salvation but once we believed and obeyed and are born again into the kingdom of God, we get an idea of, of how God's kingdom is working and the new language and uh, the, the customs and the, the things that happen in God's kingdom. We begin to study and to see the different things and attributes and uh, it's, it's a different kingdom than the, what's out there in the world. It's different than the kingdom that we grew up in in our own kingdom. And so we begin to see these things, and, and naturally we are drawn to the goodness and to the blessings and the promises and the greatness and the glory of God, and, and we, we want to kind of stay away and separate the things that we don't like about correction and conviction and chastisement or judgment. We don't like hearing those things. We want the glory of God, but we don't want the, the judgment that has to come with it. We want the, the ketchup, but we don't want the horseradish. Well, that's uh, how it might work for uh, five guys, but there's only one guy up there, and whatever he offers, we have to take. I'm just thankful that there's something on the menu, right? The other menu was just dark and death and flames and, and weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so I turn around and repent and turn to the other direction. And I don't care what he's serving. I'm going that way because I don't want to spend eternity in a devil's hell. But whatever I got to do, God, don't let me die and lost and be lost for eternity. Help me, God, to stay on the straight and narrow, whatever it is I got to do, because I want to go that way with you. And so uh, we can't ask for the glory of God to come without asking for whatever else comes with it. So we can focus on the glory, but what does it take for the glory of God to come? And um, because God is one, he is complete, and so every part of him has to come with the glory, right? He just doesn't detach 
uh, you know, nuggets of glory and toss them down there and say, here, you wanted some glory, here you go. No. If we want the glory of God, that means we want all of God with us. All of God to come in here and into our lives and situations, not just uh, the little aspect or characteristic of him. No. Uh, whatever it is that we're asking for, we have to understand we're asking for all of it. And how many of us want the promises of God? Amen. We want the promises of God. Well, he, he promises to bless us. But there are also promises of God to curse. We just said we want the promises of God. Pastor just set me up. But again, the promises of God are blessings and cursings. They're all in there. It's all one package. We cannot pick and choose. Uh, if you do this, I'll bless you. If you do that, I'll curse you. And so we love the first part of Deuteronomy 28 where it starts listing all those things, the blessings of God. But uh, a little bit down it starts talking about the curses of disobedience. And we don't like that part of the chapter, so we'll just focus on the first half. Well, that doesn't do anybody good. Uh, and so the promises of God are tied to our actions. And so... We can't say, I invite all the blessings of God, and I reject all the curses of God. You, you, you can show God that by obeying his word. If that's what you really want, then align yourself with the word of God, and you'll, you'll align your life with the blessings of God and stay away from uh, the curses of God. Uh, but we have to, it has to be played out in our life. We just can't put our head in the sand and act like it's not going to happen. No, if it's in the word of God, it's going to happen because the word goes forth and it does not return void. It accomplishes and it prospers there in the thing where to it is sent and so it's going to be done and so the promises of God are tied to our actions and so we want the mercy of God but what what also is around the mercy of God judgment right why would else would you extend in mercy if the judgment is not right around the corner right that's what mercy is for right it's, it counters judgment and so when, when we want the mercy of God, maybe we're feeling the judgment of God is nearby. And again, we can't just pick and choose things. All of it, it comes together. Uh, and so uh, doesn't kind of judgment have to happen before mercy can be granted? There's got to be a sentence or a conviction that is headed your way before mercy can be uh, extended to you. Uh, and so if you take away judgment, then really there's no need for mercy, right? So God, I need your mercy, and so you, you also uh, need his judgment, I guess, because it's, it's all part of God. And, and then God can grant us mercy. And so uh, we don't have the option to choose one or the other. It's really all or nothing. It's, it's the glory of God, and it's all of him that we want. And God, we want your glory to come down and to, to rest upon the mercy seat. Uh, okay, but my glory is so pure and so precious that before I send my glory, then I'm going to send my judgment to inspect the area. To see if it, uh, it will allow my glory to be manifested in that place. And so that's what we ask for, right, when we ask for the glory of God. God, come down here and check everything out first. And if, you're, if it's acceptable in your sight, then your glory is going to come. 
not just going to send this glory and say, well, uh, that's, I'm pulling my glory out because I didn't realize it was that kind of situation. We see Ezekiel 43, our text, and afterward he brought me to the gate, even to the gate that looketh toward the east. Behold, the glory of the God of Israel came in from the way of the east, and his voice was like a noise of many waters, and the earth shined with his glory. And so here we get a picture through Ezekiel's vision of the glory of God uh, coming in, and so... Woohoo! The, the glory of God is coming, and Lord, show us your glory, and God, we want your glory. And Ezekiel says, I see it. I, I see the glory of God coming, and, and that's a great thing, right, because we want his glory. But what does he say in the next verse? And it was according to the appearance of the vision which I saw. So the glory of God is also, he's saying, it also looks like another vision that I saw. Even according to the vision that I saw when I came to destroy the city. And the visions were like the visions that I saw by the river of Chabar and I fell on my face. And so, so the glory of God looks just like the vision that I had of his destruction when he came to destroy. How can the glory of God look like just like the judgment of God? Because it's all in the same God, right? Because it's all in the same, it's all part of God. Well, I, I just want his glory. No, that's, that's not how it works, it's not how it works. We, of course we all want this glory, but what does it take for God's glory to come? As Ezekiel said, I see the glory, but hey, it kind of looks just like the way uh, God's judgment came in before he judged this place. It looks the same way uh, as his glory does. And so it's either all of God or none of God. And so we need to understand that uh, what it is that we ask for, that uh, we can't just pick and choose little bits of him. And, yeah, we can call upon uh, God, you know, we need, we need your healing touch and all these things. But uh, we have to understand that it's all wrapped up together, that whatever, uh, we're asking for, there's other things that are coming with it. And so, uh, well, what are you doing here? Uh, if you want the glory of God, don't be surprised when uh, judgment might come knocking on your door first and saying, well, what are you doing here? Well, uh, you asked for the glory of God. I'm just here to assess your heart to see how your heart is and how your life is because if the glory of God comes here and it's not, it's not good, it may not be a good situation. So I'm coming here to help you out. Even though you're asking for the glory, let's, let's clean up a little bit before the glory comes. And so uh, consider him, the judgment, as your spiritual health inspector. If things are good, then they're good. And if, if uh, there's filthiness around, then we'll put red tape all over that. And so you can know uh, what we need to do. Uh, to clean up in our lives so that the glory can come. So often do we view Jesus as our Savior, and we can't forget that, but he'll also send people to a devil's hell if they don't align themselves with, the, with his word. The whole world says Jesus is their Savior. But some people are going to be saying that, and, and he's going to be saying, well, uh, you didn't do anything that I asked you to do. 
So uh, I have I I made the option to save you, but you didn't you didn't you didn't follow the word of God so that I can save you, uh, and so uh, too many people walk on thin ice when we get when we get comfortable with God, and think that we become buddy buddy, and that He's just kind of uh, you know a genie in a lamp. You just rub him rub the lamp and say, God, I, this is what I need today. That's that's kind of a little bit dangerous in my mind because everything, all part of God is there. His judgment is there. His holiness and his righteousness is there. And so if we if we, we become lackadaisical and, and, and not caring about all of God, uh, we can uh, uh, cause more issues in our life than we realize because we're just focused on one little part of God. Well, it's either all of God or none of God. Uh, it's either all of God or if you want that part, you need all of him. And so this is precisely what happened to the sons of Aaron as they, uh, they grew up in the church and they knew, uh, they knew everything, how it was going out, the, the, the procedures and, and, and uh, systems that God had in store and in place. But Leviticus 10 and 1 says, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them of his censer and put fire therein put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And so I know God said to do things a certain way, but God is full of grace and mercy, and so that's what I'm leaning to. I'm leaning to his grace and mercy right now. Uh, But I don't want to do that. I don't want to use that fire. I want to do things my way. I want to customize the things the way that I like them. In verse 2, it says, There went out a fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Moses said unto Aaron, This is that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh to me. Before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. And so, again, this is, if we want God in our lives, we have to understand who God is and what all God has in him and in his being. Um, And uh, we like to uh, cling to and, and sing or, or talk about or reach for the glory and the grace and all those things, and we need those things, but we have to understand that we just can't just casually, nonchalantly uh, request those things without examining our heart. God's looking at our heart and our life. He wants to bless us. He wants to pour out His Spirit. He wants His glory in our life more than ever before, but we have to make sure that we are aligning ourselves with His Word if we want to see all of these things come to pass. And so we want uh, the glory of God. That means we also are open to an inspection in our life about everything else. First uh, Peter 4 and 17 says, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and if it first begin at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? Well, I, I came to church to, to be saved. I didn't come to church to be judged. Well, Paul says judgment begins here at the church. So, you, again, you can't have your cake and eat it too. If you want to be saved, you gotta, you also got to be signed up to be, to, to be judged here at the church and not, not by us but by the word of God because uh, how's, how else is there going to be a rapture if God is not judging us right now as the way we live? And that's where the judgment has taken place. Uh, and so if you don't want to uh, stand before the great throne judgment, let God judge you right now. And if you're deemed worthy, he'll pass you. 
you'll, you'll be raptured out of here, um, and, and then you'll uh, be in a much better position than um, just showing up to the pearly white gates on the great white throne judgment day because where everyone's going to be judged. I'd rather let God judge me now that I can still have access to his grace and mercy while I'm down here. Uh, so, God, I, I messed up. Forgive me, Lord. Help me to correct and turn my ways. Help me to, to realign myself with your word because I want to see your glory, but also means that, I, that your judgment might be there, and i got to make sure my life is in line with your word. If I want to have all of you, I've got to be prepared for uh, those parts of you as well. Musician, if you would come. And so we sing about uh, "Show Us Your Glory, Lord," and and those are great songs. And I, you know, sometimes uh, if, if we sit down and think about what exactly we're asking, uh, you know, maybe we'd be a little bit more reverent. Not saying that our worship is not reverent, but sometimes we can just say say words and songs and and not really understand. Whoa, what am I asking? What am I asking, God? Show me your glory. Whoa, whoa. not yet, God. Let me uh, let me just check my heart real quick. Let me pray real quick. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Okay, now you can show, show me your glory, or, uh, you know. Uh, and so it's all of God and not just little bit pieces of God. We have to be open to every part of him in our lives. And so uh, we, want, we want the fire of God to come in our life. Well, that uh, the fire of God came in Nadab and Abihu's life too. Uh, and so... Um, uh, God has so much in store for us, and, and he wants to bless us and pour his uh, glory out in our lives, but uh, he'll do that as long as we are aligning ourselves with what he intends to do for his kingdom, and we'll, we'll see the greatness and the glory of God manifested in our life, and we're going to hear even more testimonies and reports of God doing miracles and, and signs and wonders if we're willing to uh, allow God to look at us and examine us and, and say, you need to stop doing that or, 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 or quit doing that or quit doing that or going there or wearing that or doing these. We have to be open to those criticisms by the Spirit of God too. Not just pray for the blessings of God. And, and so uh, God is my, my rock and my fortress. And uh, it's the rock that I stand upon. It's the foundation that we build ourselves and our life upon. But let's not forget that it's also the same rock that will grind somebody in the powder. Luke 20 and 17, and beheld them and he said, what is this then that is written? The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. Whosoever shall fall upon the stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. So the same stone that becomes a foundation is also becomes the grinding stone that grinds people uh, that do not align themselves with his word. And, and so... Uh, the glory of God we welcome, but also we have to understand when we ask that, make that request, we're also asking the judgment of God or, or every other part, the holiness of God, the righteousness of God. All of these attributes also are coming with the glory because that's what makes him glorious is, is all of these, is his pureness and, and holiness, all of that. And, and so th to make a request to have that in our lives, 
uh, is a big request. If you play it out in the Bible as we're talking about it today, it's, it's a big ask. And uh, God, will, God will give that ask as long as we are understanding what it is we're asking for. And as long as we humble ourselves and stay humble under the mighty hand of God, God will exalt us in due time. And, and God will pour out blessings as he has blessed us many times in our life. And so uh, I know I'm preaching to the choir today, uh, but we also don't need to get complacent with God. That he's just a, a friend and that sticks closer than a brother as we talk about. But what does that mean? If God is that close to me, what does that mean that my life should be like? Just not, can't just nonchalantly walk around in the garden and, and, and do whatever we want. There's also uh, uh, conviction and uh, correction that was there in the garden, and they uh, lost out on their opportunity because uh, they got too comfortable maybe, too close, uh, without inspecting their life and realizing what is going on. And so uh, if you stand with me today, Isaiah 66 says, Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me, and where is the place of my rest? For all those things hath mine hand made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. And so it is possible to experience the, the consuming fire of God and not to be destroyed by it. Some may experienced the fire of God and it consumed them, it killed them as Abaydu uh, and Nahab, whatever their names were. They experienced the fire of God, but they did not survive. But there is a way where you can experience the fire and still be alive, like that burning bush that experienced the fire of God but was not yet consumed. Why? It's because if, if you're of a clean heart and a clean mind and a contrite spirit and, and poor and humble themselves and you're aligning yourself with the Word of God, you'll get to experience that fire come down in your life and consume your whole life like never before. And you'll walk out of here in a different person in a, in a different way, in a different life. Why? Because that's the power that we have access to. We can experience that, and God wants to do that, but we got to make sure we are in the right, uh, right alignment with him and his word. It's possible to see the glory of God and, and skip out on the judgment because if we've already aligned ourselves with the word of God, then there, we, we'd be declared innocent, Right? And so it's, it's possible to enter the, the sweet and pure presence of God and not to be forced out of it because we are unclean or not prepared. No, if we come into his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts and into his courts with praise and uh, we're, we're finding our way through the word of God and saying, God, uh, help me to align myself because I want to see your glory. I want to see the blessings in my life. And, and that is when we first humble ourselves and that is when we first ask God to search us. 
to search me, O God, and to know my heart. Try me, Lord, and know my thoughts. That's a prayer right there. Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts. If we pray that more often than before we make our other requests, it might do us good, right? So we can just lob up all of our prayer requests, but have we asked God to search us first? We're going, we're going before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We need to make sure we're presentable, right? God, search me if there's anything in my life. We need to get that out. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. That's how we begin to enter the presence of God. And so there are bountiful blessings in his presence, and there's healing, and there's strength in his presence, and there's deliverance, and there's comfort there and that is where we all should strive to be but we can't have it our way it's got to be his way we can't get there and stay there on our terms it's all on God's terms and so I believe that uh, God is preparing this church and we're going to see things we've never seen before. I believe that there's revival that is being poured out in this world and in this city. That God's going to show himself in this place uh, like he's never done before. But in order for him to do that, we got to be willing to say, God, before that happens, God, search me. God, uh, prepare my heart. Prepare me for revival. Prepare me for the harvest. God, take away the things that are weighing me down. Cast all the cares off off me upon you, God. Is anyone ready and want to see the glory of God? Then we've got to be preparing ourselves and God, what is it that you need to remove in my life? Are there some things that are holding me back and keeping me from your glory or keeping me from seeing uh, what is next in my life? But we've got to be willing to say that. We can pray for miracles, signs, and wonders, and pray for a harvest, and pray for revival, and we need to be praying for that, but we also need to be first saying, God, is there something in me that is holding this back from happening in me, that you need to do something in me, because a revival begins not out there, but revival begins in here. Revival begins in my heart. God, revive me. God, set me on fire. Let the Holy Ghost begin to pour out of me that I cannot contain it. That's where revival starts, and that's where we have to stand up and say, God, I want that in me. I want your will to be done in me. If you believe that, and if you want that in your life, let's come on down here today, and let's worship God. Let's search, ask God to search us. God, we want your glory, but God, search me first. There's something in my life, God. Help me align myself with your word. If you need a touch from God, if you need a healing in your life, praying at the altar is a good start. God, forgive me of my sins, Jesus. Forgive me, Lord, what it ever is. We want your glory here. Wow, there's great things in store.
God, blessed be the name. We thank you, Jesus. We worship you, God. Oh, Lord, we thank you for your word and your grace and your mercy. All that you've done in us and through us, God, help us, Jesus, to go, Lord, and walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. Hallelujah, Jesus. See, we all pray and we want revival. And revival is not going to start with some kind of church program. Revival, we all can do a part. If we want revival, we can say it. But if we really want it, it's going to change our actions and change the way we do things. Uh, and we do, I mean, we do corporate things, church events and things. But I think what's going to take is just somebody saying, I'm hungry for God. Uh, whether the pastor's calling for a fast or not, I'm going to fast. That's that's the beginning of revival when he say, hey, uh, I'm going to fast this week and uh, I'm going to do something, spend more time in prayer this week. That's where it begins, the fire of God to rekindle in our lives. And we all can do that. And we all should do that if we want to see the glory of God like never before. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go and be a light and a witness in this world. Amen. Don't forget about the bread. There's free bread out there, Panera bread. Uh, also, next Sunday after church, we're doing uh, uh, a walk-through shower for Tristan and Taylor. So keep that in mind. If we're going to bring bring some gifts for them, their, their, uh, their wish list uh, is online, uh, the digital bulletin. You can click the link and things that they're looking to buy. So uh, we're excited for that, what God is doing. Amen. God bless you all today.